Oop. All right. I've got to get this, write this sketch and get it to Pastor Dan for this weekend's Easter services. The theme is sin and its consequences. Hmm. Sin. Sin. Sin prowls around our lives trying to destroy us. Sin tries to catch us and do bad things to us and stop. Wait. Man, this stinks. Delete. 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 Hmm. Okay. Well, that didn't really work. Hmm. Sin. Sin. No, not that again. Well, maybe. Nah. Wait, I got it. Okay, so we do the devil and the angel on the shoulders thing. So we have this team. A really tall one. And a devil and an angel appear on his shoulders. (coughs) Wait, young person, says the angel. Don't do anything you will regret. You can be good and kind and stuff. Don't listen to her. She's so boring. Have you seen her Instagram? Too many filters. Oh, yeah? At least I'm not constantly tweeting about everything I'm doing. Oh, I just sneezed. Oh, I heard a dog bark. Oh, I just said duh. Oh, I... Oh, you want to go? Bring it on, goody two-shoes. Really? Really? It's on. Wait. Uh, yeah, that'll work. Back to the drawing board. Delete. 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 Hmm. Hmm. All right. I think I got one. One of the teen guys plays this football player. Or maybe he's a nerd. No. A headbanger. Nah, I think I'll just stick with the jock. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Then his girlfriend comes along. And she tells him that the party they went to got them both into trouble and her parents are really mad. Or wait, maybe the girlfriend is actually a woman from the future recounting what happened when she was a teen and was talking to her boyfriend about what she'd seen in high school and it ruined her life in the future. And then they get in this really cool time machine and... Whoa. Man, that's worse than the puppet. Ugh. All right. Come on. You got this. Sketch. Easy, simple. Wait. Wait, I got it. Okay. So they're all on this deserted island. And they complain about how far from God they are, stranded on this island of sin. Kind of like Survivor, but back when it was good. When suddenly there's um, uh, a giant tornado. Wait, no, no, a flood. Nah, no. A swarm of sharks descending during a tornado. Kind of like that movie Sharknado. Or 
or not, I mean, that movie wasn't that good. Ah, delete, delete, delete. Hmm. Hmm. Sin. 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 Maybe show them how sin started. Adam and Eve are in the garden. Then Satan, in the form of a snake, tempts Eve with the apple that God told her and Adam never to eat. Don't. Then God kicks him out of the garden. And then, and, and then, oh, that's all I got. Man. Delete. Oh. This is just not working. How can I communicate how serious sin is and its consequences and how serious God takes it? Wait. Wait, Wait, I got it. One more time. All right. Jesus came to earth to tell us all about his father's love. But soon, the religious leaders of the day, they hated Jesus because he said love, not laws, was most important. So they got the Romans to agree to have Jesus put to death. Jesus was nailed to a cross. And there... God provided forgiveness for every bad attitude and action committed against him. In other words, sin. On the cross, Jesus took on our sin as his own because he loved us enough to make a way for us all to get back to God. And when Jesus was about to die, he said, Father, forgive them. It is finished. Father, take me into your arms. And God did. On the cross, Jesus defeated sin, and three days later, he rose from the grave. You see, sin keeps us separated from God, but the blood of Jesus, that brings us back. Huh. That wasn't so hard after all. Saved. Can we give it up one more time for the team? There's your sock. So good. Nothing like seeing Tucker Mayer write a script for me in his bathrobe. That was awesome. So good. Well, happy Easter. Um, Was it Pastor Wayne that said he is risen and then... There's usually a response after that. Let's give it a shot. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> he is risen. Gotta love Easter. Anybody do the hard-boiled egg thing growing up as a kid? Right? We did, uh, I, don't, I mean, where's my girl? My girls are gone. We, we actually did this last night, and it was really fun. And 
And uh, what we would do as a kid, and we actually did it this morning at 5.30 in the morning, uh, but you would hard-boil the eggs, but then you would dye them in the, the coloring. And I got an example of what I did. Um, <laughs> no one believes me. No, no, we all know what it looks Normally it's something more like that. But you would uh, go out in the morning, early in the morning, like they did this morning, 5.30 in the morning. You'd take that empty carton, empty carton, and then you'd go around, and you'd find your eggs, and you'd fill up your carton with the eggs. And you didn't have to worry if you didn't find them all, right? Like if, even the day there was one that I kind of hidden, and I was like, I don't know what that is. But it's not a big deal, right? Because you will find it, right? These are real eggs. Give it three to four weeks, and you will smell the eggs. Have you ever smelled rotten eggs before? But Easter is a lot of fun. You got the eggs. You got the bunny. You got chocolate. I mean, don't forget the chocolate. That's my uh, favorite part, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. But then you got, then you got Jesus. Uh, how, do, how does Jesus kind of make his way into all this. I mean, he's kind of the idea of Easter, isn't he? Maybe? Uh, one of my favorite comedians has something to say about this. Let's go ahead and watch this together. Easter, that's a weird tradition. Easter, the day Jesus rose from the dead, what should we do? How about eggs? Oh, well, what does that have to do with Jesus? All right, we'll hide them. Okay. I don't follow your logic. Don't worry, there's a bunny. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Right? But different cultures, different countries, you got different traditions, different ways that you celebrate various seasons, right? Not just Easter, but Christmas, the holidays. And with Easter in our culture, you got, as you just talked about, you got the eggs, you got the bunny. Again, my favorite part, you got the chocolate. But... However you celebrate Easter, it's a wonderful crowd we have today, a wonderful group. I'm glad you're here. However you celebrate, thank you from Pastor Dan's heart to yours. Thank you for making Life Spring and coming to church part of your tradition. We are so happy that you're here. But one thing I've noticed about Easter is that's a pretty happy day. Anybody agree with that? Especially when the sun's shining. Like, come on, God, how cool are you? Make it just miserable the last couple of days and then bring out the sun. Makes Easter a pretty happy day. Now, I would say some of the parents at the local egg hunts don't make it so happy. Um, maybe uh, you heard, I think it was 2013. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. 2013 Woodland Park Zoo. Anyone hear this story, right? The mom uh, has her child getting some eggs. Another mom has her child getting some eggs. Uh, child A uh, goes, runs alongside child B. And the mother of child A, what do you think she does? You guys know what I'm about to say. She pushes child B out of the way so her child could get the eggs. Now, as you can imagine, uh, was parent B very happy about that? No, are you kidding me? That's my egg. So uh, they actually began to fight. They physically fought. They, in fact, it says that three times they had to be separated. And the police department blotter, you know they have a sense of humor. They said neither mother pursued charges, which left the officers, and I quote, without any info that could crack the case. Thank you for laughing. That's a dangerous part of my message. You never know. It could be silent. But now I'm encouraged. This is going to be a good day. But for the most part, it's a happy day. Easter is a happy day. But I want you to know that as happy as you think it is, it gets even better. It's better than you already think. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are who you said you are. That every promise, every word, every declaration comes true in your name. We can always trust you. We can always put our hope in you, and I pray right now that you would reveal yourself in a supernatural, miraculous way. 
that you'd be more than a fairy tale. You'd be more than a fantasy. You would be the reality for every person that says yes to you, the reality of a living hope, that you would be the resurrected king. And as you are resurrected, we have the hope of resurrection. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, that skit, it tells us that we have a sin problem, and I thought they did just a wonderful job with that. But Romans three twenty three, it tells us that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's another author in the Bible, James. He says it this way. He goes, if anyone knows the good they ought to do, and yet you don't do it, guess what? It's sin. It's sin for them. Or flip the tortilla. If you know, like, man, I shouldn't be doing this thing, but yet you do that thing, guess what? That's also sin. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And I've been doing this whole pastor thing for a while now, 14 years. And if there's one topic that is not so popular in the church, do you know what that topic is? You're right. You must go to church. It's actually sin. See, not a lot of people emailing me, not a lot of people calling me, texting me. You know, Pastor Dan, you know what I need you to do? I need you to talk about my sin just a little bit more. Right? I mean, could you just press into those personal, private matters in my life where I'm missing the mark? Right? Nobody's doing that. It ain't happening. And yet, whether you like the idea of sin, regardless, really, even if you believe in it or if you don't believe in it, sin is still sin. Like, gravity is still gravity, whether you believe in it or not. You throw up a bowling ball high into the air, you better get out of the way. That puppy's coming down. Gravity is a reality. Your sin is a reality. It's the truth. And all of us, again, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and that sin outside of Jesus, it will always lead to spiritual death. And yet, this is why I love God so much. Because even though I and you and all of us were trapped in bondage to our sin, God's perfect love didn't give up on any of us, not one of us in this room. In fact, this is how the Bible says it. Follow with me. He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we, while you and I were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. The one who made you, the one who created you, he showed you his love for you and that while you were right in the middle. Like, have you ever felt that? Like when you know you're right in the middle of your sin, when you were right in the middle, making a mess of it all, Jesus came in and he died so you could be reconciled back to your heavenly father. Praise the Lord. But I want to encourage you. And I hope this does encourage you. Jesus, he came, what, 2,000 years ago. He came to this earth. But you need to know this. He didn't come just for a select group of people. He didn't just come for like kind of this group of goody two-shoes. You know the group I'm talking about, the goody two-shoes. You've never been in that group, but you always see that group. Like he didn't come for them. Like sure he loves them. Yes, his cross is big enough and you know good enough for them too. But he actually came for normal people like you and me. Praise the Lord. Like real people. He came for us sinners and he wasn't afraid of our mess. He wasn't afraid. All your shortcomings, all your failures, they didn't keep Jesus away. In fact, God is so good. When Jesus came to earth, guess where he came? He came to the people who were right in the middle of their mess. I want to share a few examples from the Bible that we have. The first one is this, that Jesus hung out with tax collectors. Tax collectors. We just all got done filing our taxes. Hooray. Right? Tax day, April 15th. But nobody was like, you know what? I got an idea. Easter dinner, we got one seat at the table that's still open. Honey, why don't you call the local IRS agent and invite them over? Nobody was doing that. Come on. 
And back then it was the same way. Nobody liked the tax collector. For one, many of those tax collectors, they weren't always honest. Some of them were kind of corrupt. They also didn't like them because typically this tax collector would be a Jewish man collecting taxes. Do you remember for who? For the, yeah, the Roman government. And so the Jewish people don't like the guy because he's collecting taxes for the oppressive Roman government. The Roman government doesn't like the guy because he's Jewish. And yet when Jesus comes in, he jumps right in. Where does he go? He goes and he spends time with tax collectors. In fact, the Bible says he spends so much time with these tax collectors that he is accused, and rightly so, he is accused as a friend, you remember this part? A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus jumps right into the mess. Or Jesus comes, another part of the Bible, he comes to this lady who's caught in adultery. Right, you remember that? Caught right in the middle of the act, she gets thrown out into the square, the people are ready to kill her, and Jesus comes in. And he comes right into the middle of it. He looks her in the eyes and says, I do not condemn you. Can you imagine just the love and the compassion of our Lord? I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. He's not afraid of our mess. Well, here's one for you. He comes. Remember the 12 disciples, right? Handpicked by Jesus. He comes. He says, 12 disciples, would you come follow me? I'll teach you. You know, follow my ways. I'll, I'll train you up. And yet, do you remember those 12? I just was actually listening to it this morning. Those 12 hand-picked disciples in the end. You remember all 12 of them? What do they do? They abandon him. They flee. But do you remember Peter? You've got to love Peter. He's kind of ambitious. His heart's in the right place. Doesn't have a lot of follow-through. But he's like, Jesus, I got you. You remember that? Like, Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'd go to prison with you. I would die with you. Jesus says, Peter, actually, before that roaster crows, or rooster crows, you're going to deny me. And you're not going to just deny me once. You're not just going to deny me twice. No, three times you're going to deny me. And sure enough, you read the story. Jesus is taken to the high priest's house. Peter follows him in. And, and three times people say, hey, wait, hey, weren't you, weren't you with Jesus? Do you remember what Peter says? No. No, I don't, I don't even know the guy. Peter, handpicked, chosen, denies his teacher. He denies his friend. You remember when he hears that rooster crow, the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. But Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. Jesus knew, and yet he wasn't afraid of Peter's mess. He wasn't afraid of Peter's sin. In fact, that's not even the end of the story, right? Jesus dies. He's crucified. He dies on the cross. He raises three days later from the tomb. But do you remember what he did with Peter? Remember that? He didn't come up to Peter and just be like, Oh, Peter, how could you? I thought we were friends. No, he doesn't do any of that. No, you remember? He says, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, God. You know, Jesus, that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. That's powerful. Like We like the story, but that's even more powerful than I think sometimes we realize because this is the man who denied Jesus in his greatest time of need. Can we just fill that a little bit this morning? This is the man who denied Jesus in his greatest time of need. I mean, talk about sin, denying the Christ, denying that you even know him, and yet Jesus, with grace and forgiveness in his eyes, if grace 
was an ocean, Peter would be sinking in the tremendous grace and love of Jesus. And he restores Peter. Jesus is not intimidated by your mess. Jesus is not afraid of your failures. It's exactly in those places where you've made a mess, where you feel so discouraged and where you feel so isolated and alone. Jesus comes in. He comes right into the middle of it. And he shows the radical love of God. And that's the good news of Easter. Really, whether you've had a good weekend so far or it's been the worst week of your life, right now in this moment, I want you to know this can be a happy day. This can be a really happy day. Because all have sinned. And all have fallen short of the glory of God. But the very next verse in the Bible says this. It says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, not only was Jesus not afraid of your mess, he also died for your mess. He died for your mess. Whatever it is for you. I don't know you that well, but whatever it is, whatever you got, right? Whether it's adultery or cheating or stealing or lying or denying Christ, whatever it is, you name it. He died so that you can be forgiven of all your sins. I told you in the Bible it says that the wages of sin is death, but you keep on reading that verse. It says that the gift of God. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. I get it. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus paid the price for your sins on the cross. You've been given a gift. By the way, it is the best gift you could ever receive by God's grace, by God's love through the death of his son. I don't have to die in my sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He took our place. You know, when he took our place and he was on that cross, he said a phrase that maybe you've heard before, to tell us die. You heard that before? To tell us die, meaning it is finished, meaning paid in full. Your sins paid in full. It is done. It is finished. His death brings you life. And again, this is really good news. And it's a happy day. But it gets better. It gets even better. Because not only did Jesus die on the cross for your sins, but he also rose from the grave. I love the songs that my wife picked for us to sing today. So many songs about the life that we have in Christ. The resurrection power of Jesus. That we have a hope today in Jesus. That he did not stay in the grave. The grave is empty. Three days after that crucifixion. Do you remember they went to the tomb? Jesus wasn't there. And the word of God tells us because Jesus rose from the grave. Anyone who believes in Jesus will rise too. When we die, you and I, we have the hope of living forever. Hallelujah. This is good news. In the year 2007 or 19, praise the Lord. I just went in a two-year time warp, two years behind. And I haven't hit puberty yet, so I talk like this. Man, that's funny. That's funny. Listen to what the Word of God says. I think this might encourage you just a little bit. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So good. But did you catch that? It says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is right now living within you. We talk about hope, right? There's hope when you die, but there's also hope right now for all the days until you die. Because the same life-giving spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living right now in you. And that means you have something to look forward to today. 
God's Spirit, He's always moving in life-giving and life-changing ways. And if He's here right now, watch out, church. I mean, who knows what awesome, incredible, supernatural, good thing He might want to do today. Maybe you're sitting here and maybe this is all new to you. I mean, you've heard about Jesus. I, I, there's been some great programs on the history program lately about Jesus. You, you, you heard about him. You, you know about him. But do you know him? Maybe you don't know him, right? You don't have that relationship with God. Maybe you're sitting here and you didn't even know that was possible. You didn't know you could have a relationship with the one who made you. But not only is it possible, it's available right now. Right now in this moment. And you don't actually have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to try to earn it. Jesus did all the work on the cross. It is finished. Paid in full. The Bible actually says, call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name on Jesus. Believe in his name. Believe in what he did on that cross. And you will be saved. You will be forgiven of all your sins. And when you call on his name, the, the spirit of God, the same spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? That same spirit is going to come in and live inside of you. He's going to live inside of you. He's going to help you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to lead you. And if you want that, in fact, I'd say it another way, if you know that you need that. Because this isn't something a pastor can convince you of. This is between you and your maker. If you know that you need that even as i'm talking just begin to tell jesus you don't have to have it all figured out but just begin to tell him jesus as much as i know how i believe in you i believe in what you did for me and i'm just here to tell you if you do that from this moment on your life will be forever radically changed all right and then if you've been a Christian for like the last five seconds <laughs> or the last five decades, I just want to challenge you. Give the Lord permission to move in your life. Give him permission to move. He, he's not going to force you. But if you're open to it, he wants to do something good in you. And again, I'm not God, so I can't say exactly what that's going to look like. But if you're open... To his power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, by that same power he is willing, he is able to do something good, I'd say better than good, in you this morning. And let's be honest, in this world, in our country, in our homes, in our lives, we need his move. I need his move. You need his move. We need Jesus to move more than ever. I mean, have you been on social media lately? Did you read the horror, the horrific of what's going on in Sri Lanka today, this morning? Have you seen, have you scrolled through your news? This world needs Jesus. And we need His power. His power to do something in us right now. Not just when we die. Praise the Lord for what He does for us when we die, but we need Him now. For some of you, it's in a financial area. You know it. You need a miracle. You need Jesus to bring His life into your finances. Others of you, it's in your health, right? You, you need a miracle. You need a supernatural move to bring healing to your body. And as I was praying for you this week, I also felt like the Lord was saying that for some of you, it's in this area of fear, that you have been gripped by fear, paralyzed by anxiety, and you need help. You need the Lord to help you, to set you free by his power, to set you free from the grip that fear has on your life. 
And as a pastor, of course, that's what I want for you. But do you know how much more God wants that for you? The Bible says it this way. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. That's such a beautiful verse to me, church. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know how much he is for you? It is for freedom that he sets you free. He wants you to experience true freedom in every area of your life to set you free to live the life that he's called you to live. And I've been doing this long enough to know that when you press into God, you never leave the presence of God the same. And he's here. Praise the Lord. Did you know he's here? The spirit of God is here. And if you press in, he will do what only he can do. There's a verse we've been reading it every week, and I don't know about you, but it gets me fired up every time we read it. It comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. I want us to read it together, and if we could just kind of just think about what I've been talking about the last 15, 20 minutes, and about this good news of Easter, and really listen to what it says. Let's say this together. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Some of you, I don't know everything that's going on, but some of you are in a tough spot, right? You're struggling. You need help. You need your Creator to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. But come on, church, this is what he does. This is who he is. By his power living in us, no obstacles too great, no giants too big, nothing is impossible. The good news of Easter is that even death can't stop us. I mean, you know the old Johnny Cash song, right? There ain't no grave going to hold this body down. And church, it's not just for when you die. It's for every single area of your life. It's in the areas where you feel like you are surrounded by death. You can stand in the victory you have in Jesus knowing that His power surrounds you in life. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to sing another song. And, and it's a happy day. And I love this song. In fact, it's going to be new for many of you. But the second you think you got it, could you just sing it like you mean it? Sing it as loud as you have ever sung before. And we are going to declare as a church, as a body, we're going to declare the victory that we have in the name of Jesus. Victory. Victory over every trial. Victory over every circumstance. Victory over every need that in all things we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So as the worship team comes up, and while we're singing, and this is going to be so good, I'm so excited about this, but we wanted to give you an opportunity to take a step of faith. And again, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And we want to give you this opportunity to take a stand, that you would be able to get out of your seat, and that you'd respond to the Lord, that you would invite Him to do something good, to do something miraculous, do something supernatural in you today. And so this is what we'd ask. At some point during the song, it's kind of a long song, but just at some point you'd come down this middle aisle. And you'd walk down and you'd go to that cross. You'd go to that cross. This thing, by the way, which was an instrument of death. And by the way, it was also a horrific, a horrific and humiliating way to die. But then we invite you to take a flower and that you'd place it in the cross for two reasons. For two reasons. 
First is just to say that I believe the forgiveness of all my sins, my mess, and eternal life is found in that cross. What was meant for death and destruction has set me free and given me life in Jesus. But then second, that you'd place a flower in the cross, but you'd place it in there in faith. That you'd rise up in faith. That you'd believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can bring life to the things that you think have died. That he can bring his resurrection power. In the areas, by the way, where you feel right in the middle of your sin. I'm talking about that area you're too afraid to even tell anyone about. In the area where you feel defeated. In the area where you feel shame. Where the area where you feel discouraged. That you would say, God, I'm believing you can come in right into the middle of my mess. And you can turn it to be something good. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if it's a financial struggle. I don't know if it's a sickness. Any other area. But just in faith that we would put, rise up and put our hope and our trust in the mighty name of Jesus. Trusting that this is a happy day. That God, He can make all things new. Trust that even if you came in this morning and you just know you've made a mess of it all. God is not afraid of your mess. If you want a tattoo, tattoo that. God is not afraid of your mess. Explanation point. He loves you. And in this moment, 936, His power, His Spirit is here and He wants to do what only He can do. I guess what I'm inviting you to do is simply this. Take a step of faith. Tell the world around you you believe in the power of Jesus' death and resurrection. As we say often at Lifespring, that you are putting what? All your eggs in one basket. That Jesus changes everything. No trial, hardship, failure, sin is going to keep you in the grave. Jesus paid for it all. He sets you free. He is alive, so we are alive. He is alive, so we are alive. We're going to sing this song. I declare, and just in the mighty name of Jesus, God, your power is here, and you are willing to do something miraculous, supernatural, in every single person who is open to the move of your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we declare Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Do what only you can do. Raise dead things to life. And all God's people said, Amen. Church, would you stand with us as we sing this song together? Shame is a prison as cruel as grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no
destruction for humiliation has brought us life only God could take what was meant for evil and turn it around for good praise you Jesus praise you Lord would you pray with me church Lord Jesus we thank you for this moment we thank you for who you are we thank you that you haven't given up on us Lord the reality is in our flesh in our humanness there's so many times that we turn the other way so many times that we try to grab the reins we try to grab control of life And, Lord, the reality is, as we stand here, we know we've made a mess of it. We know we've fallen short. No no one has to convince us. A pastor doesn't have to convince us. A a TV show doesn't have to convince us. We know in our own hearts that we need rescue. We need deliverance. We need a Savior. And we thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price. The price for my sin. For my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. For my mess. You paid the price. It is finished. Paid in full. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that in this moment, (laughs) in this moment, not only are we forgiven, not only are we set free, but we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. 
that the same power that conquered death itself is living within us. And we thank you for the hope of resurrection. We thank you that our, our, the day that we breathe our last breath here on earth is our next breath in heaven. We thank you that we get to live for eternity with you, Jesus. But, Lord, we also thank you that eternal life doesn't start when we die. Eternal life starts now. That you have given us life. You have breathed your breath into us, not just to live a mediocre existence, not just to sleepwalk through life, but you've called us to a Zoe life, to a life of vitality, to a life of abundance, to a life of joy, even, dare I say it, happiness, Lord, that we can be happy in you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your salvation, but I thank you, Lord, for sending us your spirit to give us everything we need in our time of need. And, Lord, I just pray this before we sing this next song, Lord, that every person who took that step of faith today, you would meet them in a supernatural way. Every person, Lord, and only you know what they needed. But whether it's healing in in their body, whether it's financial provision, whatever it is, Lord, whether it's a relationship restored, whatever area they need you, Lord, that you would show yourself to be faithful and true, that you are not a fairy tale, you are not a fantasy, you are not a pipe dream, but you are the living God. And we put our hope in you, Jesus. This is a glorious day because you ran out of the grave. And if you're walking out, I'm walking out too. And all God's people said, amen.